0: We made this right. Shall I say it again?
1: Yeah, go on, man. Try and know it first time again.
0: (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Why was dude (laughs) sure. Hello everyone and welcome to Without a Mouse Podcast, the podcast where we watch and review the obscure and forgotten live-action Disney movies on the hunt for a hidden gem. It's a very long sentence is the problem. It is.
1: Maybe put a in there. Yeah,
0: we need to cut that down at some point. Yeah. Anyway, again, hello, my name is Tim Henton and I'm joined by my co-host Chris Wilson. Hello. Who doesn't really give a shit about Disney, but he's here anyway. Uh, Yeah. That's I'm here for
1: the pizza and the good times.
0: Yes. How was your pizza? Very nice. How, what flavour was it? Meat feast. <laughs> the correct answer was square.
1: Oh, yes. It was a square pizza. <laughs> That's a thing that you can get in Grimsby, apparently. Nowhere else.
0: Don't what? tell everyone where we're filming from, where we're recording from, or they'll, like, mob us. From, from
1: Grimsby, Canada.
0: Eh? <laughs> Is there a Grimsby in Canada? Yeah, in
1: Ontario. It's also got a dock.
2: ooh Yeah.
0: Well, there you go.
1: Unlike in Grimsby, Alabama,
0: there is actually a Disney character called Grimsby as well.
1: Oh, is there?
0: Yeah, in Little Mermaid.
1: I never knew that. I've seen Little Mermaid, but
0: the um, the prince's left hand, right hand man is called Grimsby. Nice. And that's all about the sea. So I wonder if there is actually a connection.
1: Possibly so. There was also that film called Grimsby, but we don't like to talk about
0: it. <laughs> no, no, we don't talk about that one. No. There's. A, in that film, well, 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 apparently I am going to talk about it. Yes. My biggest gripe about that film is they go past a fish and chip shop in that film that's called Grimsby, which is supposedly set in Grimsby, and it says cod on the door.
1: Just no research whatsoever. No research yeah. for that
0: I, at all.
1: That's when I'd had enough it, it, of that film. Haddock, haddock. <laughs> testing,
0: <laughs>
1: testing one, two.
0: Oh, dear. So, yes, uh, welcome to the very first a proper official episode of Without a Mouse, where we will be reviewing the computer war tennis shoes. And I don't know about you, Chris, but I did not think this film lived up to the title.
1: I didn't see any tennis shoes whatsoever.
0: No. At no point were there any shoes no. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I don't know what I was expecting, but I purposely picked a film to start with that had a weird title. Mm. And... In my head, I had a very specific image of what this film might be about. Yeah. And for me, I was expecting this film to. You know how one of the earliest sort of tests of how good a computer was was like if they could play chess or not? Mm. The fact that it references tennis shoes, I was expecting some kind of game of like a proper robot playing some tennis. And I was all in for that, and I felt like this film would have been a lot better if it was the film that I'd seen in my head.
1: Oh, instead of tennis, Pong. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. too. that have been good, yeah?
0: Yeah, although Pong hadn't even been invented by this point. No, uh, that's a good point. Well, if it would have been invented maybe, but not commercially available.
1: It would have been invented, it was called Tennis.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Tennis, yeah, all right.
1: I I apologise in advance by the way if I keep getting the name of this film wrong. Why? Uh, Because there's an episode of The Simpsons called The Computer War Menace Shoes.
0: Right, I see.
1: I'm not sure if you've ever seen the episode, it's one where he's Mr. X and he keeps uh, spreading, uh, well, giving out news about the town, but in secret. Oh. And it turns into a weird parody of of a prisoner at some point.
0: So it's not even like a parody of no, the no. film The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes. <laughs> no, not at all. So yeah, as as we find out basically during the film, I think the concept of wearing tennis shoes is supposed to be like the computer was a cool dude.
1: Were tennis shoes cool back in nineteen sixty nine?
0: I don't know. This is the only this is hey. the most tenuous link I could find to why this they referenced tennis no, shoes in it, the title. It,
1: I thought like smoking marijuana was called 1969, not tennis shoes.
0: Yeah, but Disney can't talk about that. Maybe, maybe wearing tennis shoes was a 1969 euphemism for <laughs> smoking
1: pot. That just got me so just someone like lights up a shoe,
0: like... <laughs> <laughs> or like some kind of bong situation where like sweaty water that you smoke. <laughs> oh, oh, oh
1: dear God.
0: Oh, so, should we start from the beginning of this uh, film? Yeah, come on, then. So, the very first scene in this film, um, we have a faculty financing meeting. Can can we
1: talk about the opening credits just a moment?
0: Okay, yeah. uh, Right, opening credits. Yeah. I thought were pretty funky.
1: I thought the song was someone saying, yeah, it needs to sound like the Beach Boys, but I've never listened to the Beach (laughs)
0: Boys. It was very bouncy and light-hearted, but not the best, wasn't it? not really. (laughs) It's kind of... This is an ongoing theme for an animation company like Disney, which I'm sure we'll see plenty of going forward, which is that the title sequence is completely animated. Yeah. Even though nothing else in the film is animated, pretty Mm much. Um, And from the few sort of live action Disney films from this period I've seen, it's very similar in that it's the. I feel like often the title sequence can be the best part of the film. Yeah. It was very, very colourful, very vibrant.
1: Imagine those sort of like different dots and dashes, but in a variety of colours.
0: Yeah, it was It was very sort of stylistic, but linked to the theme of the film, which yeah. worked really well. And then the film started and it was sort of all very beige from there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's start this from an exciting way with a faculty meeting. With
0: Yes, where they're discussing um, financing yeah. options yes. for the next academic year. Yeah.
1: Chaired by the crusty old dean.
0: Yeah, uh, Dean. I... <sighs>
1: no, nah, I just got down Dean. I didn't even get down. <laughs> yeah. the...
0: Well, this is this is the first issue that I had with the film. There are multiple deans in this film, and having watched it, I don't know what either of them were called. No. <laughs> And D- that, Dean
1: One and Dean Two.
0: Yeah, because later on we get to a point where there is a Dean from another university who becomes. Spoiler alert! I mean, we're going to be talking about it later, but yeah, there is another Dean. I was I watched this entire film with a notebook in my hand, and I still don't think I've written down anywhere the name of either of these two Deans.
1: I completely forgot there was a second Dean in there. <laughs> if I don't read that down, it's going to get very confusing later on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, first starts off. Faculty financing meeting. um, Basically, there is a science teacher called Professor Quigley who is looking to buy the first computer for this university, which, again, I have not written down the name of the university. Uh, Medfield. Medfield, that's right. And um, I don't know if you were aware of this, if you have done much research or if you literally just watched the film.
1: I did do research afterwards.
0: But basically... There are multiple films set in this university. Yes. Medfield. I'm going to write this because my notes are very small and I've forgotten already.
1: Spoiler, I guess. Well, not really. Uh, There are two other films of this series, which I never knew about. And I get the impression of many of the films as well around it. I also had Medfield College in it.
0: Yeah, so um, do you remember the Robin Williams film Flubber? Oh yeah yeah. So that was I didn't know at the time until again doing research for this film but there are two flubber films that were based in Medfield from the 70s which then the Robin Williams flubber is actually a remake of. Oh
1: that the completely forgot about those 70s films. I think I've heard that before but
0: Yeah, but so basically we've got all of this to look forward to going forward. Oh good. But um I think considering that I basically picked this film as our first film because I liked the title. It's very fortunate that it's the first in a trilogy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it would have been a bit stuck if, like, the second one, like, and we just can't follow anything because it's all referenced in the first episode it all up.
0: But although it is a first part in a trilogy, mm. in the first few scenes, we are introduced to people at such a pace that I genuinely thought that I had missed the first part of this story arc. Yeah. Because we have this faculty meeting with multiple characters, multiple staff members, where they're discussing buying this first computer. And then, during this scene, we also have students from the university listening in. Oh, bloody
1: hell, yeah. Um, Like, literally all the characters. Every
0: single character in this film is in the very first scene, all talking without being introduced to us. Yeah. And it was at this point that I genuinely had to look it up and think, is this is this the first part to this series? <laughs> <laughs> because everyone is... Our main character, Dexter Riley, played by Kurt Russell, there isn't very much to say about him at this point. He's, Not really. He's completely sort of bland with his acting. Yeah. It's very much the case of, you know, when... A studio has this bankable attractive young star but it's whether or not they've ever actually sat them down to see if they could act
1: the uh, Zach Efron of the day
0: very much the Zac Efron of the day yeah. and you know Kurt Russell and Zac Efron obviously made vast improvements in their output later in life <coughs> yeah they did but at this point um, both very it seems to be the Disney thing of just hiring people that will eventually be good actors mm. because they hope but then again was Kurt Russell given anything to go on on this film? We'll Let's s- find out. Let's find out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: the other thing about this uh, scene: we're all, we're all like crowded around this radio because they're booked for a meeting, so they're listening in on it from downstairs about faculty matters. And I'm not being funny, but back when we were, we were at college, would you have given a shit about this sort of thing?
0: That's very true. Like putting aside whether or not we would have done this at college. This is a film clearly aimed at young kids. Yeah. Who really do not give a shit about the financial worries of a university campus.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it seems such a daft sort of concept for a film. Yeah, no. The ho- this sort of from this very first scene, it sets me off with this thought that carries on throughout the whole film which is who is this film aimed at? Goody two
1: shoes type people. Yeah. Which is a very specific demographic. I'm not sure you can mark it well towards them. It's very yeah. weird. Like you got these like all these kids who are sort of they mean good but they're sort of supposed to be a bit rebellious, but they're not really.
0: Yeah. So in this scene the dean refers to the kids that are listening into the meeting as Deadwood, yeah. meaning that these are the kids at the university that are not doing well, and you know they're they're the slackers, basically yeah. the ruffians.
1: Yeah, and we're not referring to a series starring uh, Lovejoy.
0: <laughs> I've I've never heard of said series.
1: It was uh, I watched the first episode. It was fine. Got <laughs> got rave reviews at the time though. This is like fifteen, sixteen years ago.
0: Right, but yeah, it's it set out that these. These kids are bad kids. But at the same time, they're so invested in their university that they're listening in to a funding meeting with a walkie-talkie in 1969. Yeah. Like, this feels like... The only way we know that these kids are bad is because some guy has just told us these kids are bad. Mm. They don't act bad. They don't look bad. They're, They're all dressed very like... Even for 1969... They're dressed very clean cut.
1: I think the issue is, and I think maybe this is what Dean's issue, is that the average students at a crap
0: college. I suppose, yeah. Yeah. So they're not terrible, but they could be better. Yeah. Which is it, just very sort of an odd situation, is Yeah.
1: It? It's, I don't think it's set up very well.
0: Um. So yeah, there's the Professor Quigley, seems a nice enough chap, mm. who really is trying to get this school their first computer and um, the dean basically mentions that their budget is not able to stretch because again 1969 it's a big purchase
1: yeah it's a 10 grand for a computer by the way which in 1969 is a fuckload of money
0: yeah um and then following from this scene we then go back to the the kids yeah <laughs> where the main character Dexter Riley played by Kurt Russell says that he knows that um, his old boss, uh, Doctor? (laughs) Mr Arno, donates $20,000 to the university on a yearly basis. So his plan, which sets the whole film in motion, is that he will go to talk to Mr Arno and try and get him to maybe move his money about so that it could be on the computer
1: mm. and so all every single student goes to see him like, <laughs> like 20 of them
0: all at the same time yeah
1: because that's how meters like that work
0: also it's very like it's a very film squad of kids in that it has even for 1969 it's got your token black guy mm. it's got your nerdy type you've got your spotty ugly guy yeah. you've got one girl <laughs> who and this and again this is something that's set up in this straight away for the whole film is Is this Kurt Russell's girlfriend or not?
1: (laughs) It's supposed to be. What's her name? Annie.
0: Annie, yeah. Yeah. So Annie is clearly, maybe in an early draft of the movie, was definitely Kurt Russell's girlfriend, but is so unimportant to the plot that they've kind of forgotten about it. And it's, she's always there in every sort of section with the kids, but it's just, I think we're all supposed to just assume that they're going out.
1: Yeah. It's never <laughs> established, and there's a couple of bits later on where she gets really jealous. But it's like, why? Yeah, not established we've established we've anything? we've
0: not established the fact that they're actually a couple at any point. And again, spoiler alert: they, we get to the very end of the film, and at no point do they even kiss, even in the finale. Well, it's
1: Disney, isn't
0: it? Well, Disney, Disney, true love's kiss. Every Disney film has a kiss in it. This one, well, it does have a kiss, which we're coming to later. Yeah, but I'll leave. I won't spoil that for now. Fair enough. But, um, yeah, so they go to... The whole gang goes to see Mr Arno in his offices.
1: Like a prototype S-Cup 7.
0: <laughs> oh, I would love for this group of idiots to, like, have released a single. I'll have to look that up. Oh, because
1: <laughs> Sounds like something they'd do, yeah.
0: It's what modern Disney would do. Oh, definitely yeah. release a single for this. But, yeah, so they...
1: I mean, they sort of... Convince him, he like sort of bushes bushes them off for now, but it's probably like yeah, this is like the uh, bit where he goes to a door and suddenly you get the da da dun sound. Yeah,
0: so he goes to after the kids leave, he presses a button and a por- he has a portrait of Whistler's mother on the wall, and um, which opens up to reveal his secret lair <laughs> with some very dramatic music. Um, which a thing that I really don't like about a film. Is when ominous music comes before a character actually does something bad. Yeah, which is which is what happened in this film. Like apparently, like having a, a secret door is like
1: you just sat there thinking, is it an evil door? What's yeah, that door done
0: <laughs> because I feel like it spoilt it. It did. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I mean, obviously, we we find out later on this is definitely the bad guy of the film.
2: Yeah.
1: I immediately guessed after he opened the door that he had a crime syndicate going on in his basement and I was dead on because that one noise ruined it.
0: Well, do you know what it could have been as well? The actor playing Mr. Arno, Cesar Romero, a.k.a. 1960s Joker, (laughs) which I hadn't noticed during the film until I looked it up afterwards because I was like, I'm sure I know that guy. And... uh, yeah, I think that's what put it in my head. As soon as I saw him as well, I I definitely thought he was a bad guy. Do
1: you think that was like the intention of Disney? Because obviously 1969 it's not so far away from the Batman series ending. Oh, that's tr- that's it, yeah.
0: Everyone knows who he is. It, it must have been, because yeah. people back then would have definitely recognised him as one of the stars of this film, essentially. Yeah. So we go into Mr Arno's lair and find out that basically he's running a illegal gambling ring. Yeah. And he has, in his lair, a massive supercomputer, which is doing all of the calculations, essentially, from what, from how I read it.
1: That's right, yeah. It's um, taking all like, the different probabilities and how like horse is done and basically telling it who the winner is, which...
0: Seems that... to be working out for him. He's doing yeah. pretty well.
1: That'd be funny. That's not illegal.
0: No, this is something else that I was thinking at the time, was basically... He's he's not fixing races, he's not fixing gambling at the casino, he's just betting on the probability... It's basically counting cards. Yeah. But, so, I was the same. At this point, I was like, okay, I'm still not seeing him do anything illegal.
1: But, there is that man who counts up all that money, and I think another guy... Who carries a bag of money. Yes, barefoot. carries a
0: sack of money and throws it out onto a table. Yeah, therefore so, <laughs> illegal. This is this is something that this film seems to do a lot, which is just it makes wild assumptions about its own characters.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> which is like this guy's evil. These two are a couple, but it never actually sort of works it out as to why it just is. Mm. It's just a fact of this film.
1: And uh, at the end of a scene, he says to his. Uh, Minion, whoever, donate the computer. It's worth ten grand, and uh, instead of giving them the twenty grand for this year, which
0: which seems like a ridiculous plan, because this computer is obviously the key to his base of his operations, and he's saying he's going to donate it.
1: I'm not exactly sure how he was going to benefit from that, because it's not like again the computer's doing anything illegal. So why is he giving it to them and him losing his main source of income?
0: But as it turns out later in the film, it's he gets his information other ways and we'll get to that. But, but at this point, it's not part of his plan.
1: Yeah. I say what happens later on is just fortunate rather than calculated.
0: Yeah. And at this point, I just want to mention how quickly this film is absolutely beasting its way through its own plot. Yes. In that we're probably only about 15 minutes of the way into the film at this point. And the basic premise is, oh, we really need to get a computer for our school. Oh, we've got a computer. And, again, setting up for the rest of the film, this plot beasts along at a ridiculous yeah. pace.
1: So, they have a demonstration how a computer works, which, looking back on it, is oh, it's, it's quite adorable. It's just, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: really is like what a script writer in the late 60s, would assume, is how a computer works. Yeah. We can get
1: it to ring a telephone.
0: We can get it to open your window. Basically, it basically was doing a list of chores, almost like a, an Alexa, hmm. which we can only get to do now, but expecting that that's what computers could do in the 60s.
1: Yeah. Now, what it thought it could do was basically what Wallace and Robert do later on.
0: Yeah, and obviously being a being a comedy film everything goes haywire yeah. so we've got a, a a good slapstick shot of like windows slamming open and closed it reminded me very much of um bed knobs and broomsticks when the uh, the animated um items of clothing and stuff start going a bit haywire that, yeah. so that was pretty funny i did like that little uh, section
1: about the same time as bed knobs and broomsticks wasn't it
0: um so, yeah i can i think that I think so i think but, was bed knobs and broomsticks a bit earlier I think that was the 60s.
1: Hmm. He was trying to remember because so Bruce Forsyth is that as well. So he, yeah, he does. To tries to shift someone yeah, he, he in a bookshop. Yeah. And he looked about 50 there, so well, it could be any time.
0: I always thought that he looked older in that film than he did in the 90s when he was on The Price is Right and <laughs> <laughs> play your cards right. He had, he had greyer hair but looked like half the age. I don't understand that.
1: Do you know what? I'd have laughed if, like, yeah, holding the knife, like, so where do you want it? Higher or lower?
0: (laughs) Didn't she do well? (laughs) Or stood
1: over a corpse. (laughs) So there's a test tomorrow, a big test, where if they all don't pass, they they may get kicked out of school for reasons sort of explained, but not really.
0: Because the dean wants rid of the deadwood, I'm sure. But yes, it's so, uh
1: So if he kids kicks all the kids out who's paying for a college.
0: That's true, because yeah, in in America you have to pay for college and that's how the school yeah. is funded. So it's uh, yeah, that's another thing. It's never explained why they're trying to get rid of these kids that are apparently paying to be there.
1: Yeah. Very bizarre. But Kurt Russell decides he's gonna do something else instead. Was it some sort of party or something, I
0: don't know. Yeah, but then um, Professor Quigley needs a part for his computer, essentially. Yeah. And Dexter just agrees to drive the 70 miles to pick this part up for oh, him.
1: Yeah, that was it, yeah. All that rebel.
0: Yeah, again, this is supposedly a really bad guy, but he's willing to go out of his way to do it.
1: Anti-establishment, fuck the system. Yeah, I'll yeah. go collect that part.
0: <laughs> for, my, uh, for my teacher's computer <laughs> yeah. equipment.
1: So yeah, um I bet he left an apple for him afterwards as well.
0: Yeah, loser. F- <laughs> fucking loser. In fucking in his nerd. fucking tennis shoes. <laughs> which at this point we have not seen. No.
1: <laughs> we don't know what colour they are or what how new they are. It could be scruffy for you know.
0: So yeah, there's um it
1: could be the computer war used tennis shoes. We just don't know. Maybe that's the sequel. So he decides to revise on the drive home.
0: Which is priceless.
1: Fucking hell! Um, <laughs> ve- mobile phone use is bad. It's very,
0: very health and safety conscious. Um, basically, Kurt Russell's character glues or tapes all of his revision notes to every window in his car, and has a textbook on his knee whilst driving in a thunderstorm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah, he so he's on his way back. He's got the part. And he's dropping it off into the computer lab at school. And um, it's revealed that one of the windows has opened and there's water getting into the computer lab.
1: This is what really confused me because I watched the scene back twice. And the first time was like, well, because there's water running all through the floor. I'm just like, where does that come from? And I watched it the second time listen closely. And it implies a su- there's a sudden diluge from somewhere.
0: Right, so do you think there was a bit cut or something?
1: It feels like there is, yeah. It feels like there was a shot of water flowing in. It just, because surely you'd have a sense not to fuck around with it, unless.
0: So here is when I was actually writing the notes and from watching it, I actually got really confused with this bit because we don't get to see Kurt Russell go to the store to buy to get the new part. Mm. So when he arrived, I my first thought was that he'd arrived at this computer shop which was full of computers and the window was open and it, it didn't establish clearly enough for me that he was on his way back.
1: I, first time I watched it, I thought he'd gone, cause he says, that he like does part time like cleaning stuff for Mr. Arno. Yes. I thought he went to his place cause there was a the second computer
0: too many computers, yeah, but, but apparently they're all actually the same one. Yeah, there's only one.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> so... Mr Arno donated it for some reason.
0: Yeah, so anyway, he gets back to school, and for whatever reason, it's wet in there. We're never really sure why, but it is. And uh, he tries to get the computer started, grabs two loose cables for no real reason. Just does. Hmm. And uh, the computer goes, beep, boop, beep, boop, boop beep, boop, boop, hmm. and he gets electrocuted.
1: Yeah, like you do. It's fine though, totally realistic. Yeah, you know, studding water, well, getting it for both ends for a massive electric cable. It was
0: a funny little section with some great sort of pre-Star Wars special effects, which is just basically animate some blue on things to make it look like there's electricity.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry we didn't get him like face force sort with his hair stood on on end. <laughs> Yeah, and and then going go like, and then forward over you needed more of that
0: you're quite right that this film that we're told we're, we're assuming is a comedy <laughs> <laughs> i mean its tagline at the time was programmed for laps. And laughs and not programmed very well then. <laughs> <No. laughs> because at every point i could i kept thinking of ways that a scene could have been made funnier but even up to this point, I don't think we've actually had a joke. Mm. We've had the comical slapstick with the computer malfunctioning and Windows banging and stuff. Yeah. But that is literally the only thing that could even be assumed to be funny at yeah. this point. It's so. This film is so bothered with getting its really not that complicated plot across mm. that it forgets to be very f- funny at all.
1: Program for laughs. <laughs> I've seen that programming on channel five. I mean programmed
0: for laughs, even that's a bad joke. Like <laughs> that's the level of humour we're working on for the whole film. So yeah, we then cut from that to um Dexter in his dorm room asleep and he is um basically he's reciting in his sleep the numbers and stats for all of the betting yeah. That Mister Arno was uh, involved in
1: the key thing here is like there's a code like Applejack. Yes, that's an important
0: yeah. word that keeps getting mentioned. Is Applejack, which is um, the code word. For, it's his. It's Mister Arno's sort of.
1: Co- it's his code word for all the highly illegal things he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> based on probability and maths and algebra and everything else.
0: So and so far this is the only thing you need to remember for the rest of the film yeah. is the word Applejack oh, yeah. which by the time it's referred to again in the film I'd forgotten yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and That's I actually point you see yeah you know when you're watching a film and you're making notes but you don't actually know what's going to be relevant later on Yeah, so I had to then go back and write Applejack and circle it <laughs> because I hadn't written it to begin with and didn't realise how important it would be later so yeah Listeners at home, remember Applejack.
1: So we um, go to... Well, he's like bleeping in his sleep. Like, uh, we all do it. So, uh, next day, there's a quiz. You know, the quiz. The quiz. The quiz that might get them all kicked out. And wouldn't you know it, he absolutely aces it.
0: And, yeah, he uh, is shown speeding through the questions. Like, basically not even having to read them. Mm. Gets, you know... A page gets ticked off in a second. Then he moves over to the next one, and the next one, and next one. And um...
1: I quite like this scene because, you know, not the well, the actual bit where he fills it all in is great, but it's like all the stuff afterwards as well because he's finished for testing four and a half minutes. It's a ninety-minute test, apparently. So he's sat there really bored. I just like really like the use of sound here. So yeah, I just get a few losses like. Tapping on the table, then he gets out of it, the loudest sandwich in the universe.
0: <laughs> the note that I've written is San- "sandwich" sounds like it's full of cat litter and glass, <laughs> which is yeah. He he takes out this comically loud sandwich, um, but then there's again this there's this bit that's very overcomplicated where the professor is explaining like, "Oh, this test is a speed test, and it's all about." You're graded on how many answers you can get in the time limit and all of this. And it's like, it doesn't need that. It could just be that he's fast at a normal test.
1: Wait, so what happens if you answer every question wrongly? Would you do better than somebody who answers a third of them correctly?
0: That's what I mean. It's a, com- it's a concept that's not needed. It's overcomplicated for this plot, which yeah. is like, any test... That you see someone finish in four minutes is impressive enough. Yeah. It doesn't need to also be a speed test, which is obviously a foreign concept because he has to explain that it is a speed test. Yeah. <laughs> like It just didn't need that. We then cut from that to Dexter at the Doctor's. And the Doctor's is looking in at him with some very com- comical sort of... Fictional equipment <laughs> is how I will describe it.
1: I'm not even show you. It's like a steth- stethoscope, but
0: it's based. It's the kind of stuff like um, that Monty Python would use as a prop. Yeah, like in its
1: like comically oversized sort of.
0: Yeah, and uh, thing. He does an eye exam with this weird telescope, and we get to see inside his brain. Mm. And we see all these blinking lights and again we hear all this blip bloop bloop com- I'm a computer sounding stuff. See,
1: I, I sort of like this because my expectation at this point was uh, Dexter wouldn't know that he's a computer so he just continues that way. N- nobody knows, they suspect to cheat him and then he f- falls down this path of being too smart for his own good. Yeah. So I sort of like that it went either way and it's just like that way. Yeah, he's a computer. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's of it.
0: that's again. Like this whole film is speeding through all of the main plot. Like we're le- less than forty minutes in at this point, yeah. way less than forty minutes in, and we've we already have established everybody knows this kid is a computer, yeah.
1: and everyone's very really casual about it as well. <laughs> yeah. Like at this point, wouldn't like the FBI or whoever, yeah, can swoop in, kidnap him, and use it for secret government testing.
0: And as well, at this point when we're looking inside his brain, as well as seeing all these cogs turning and, and tape going, we're also seeing images of casino games, can girls, horse races. So it's already... Everyone knows that he's got these images of, like, illegal, well, things that are illegal for people of his age. Yeah. And also, it ends with this bizarre sequence where it's this woman in a bikini who gets into a car that's also a bath. <laughs>
1: This is as close to porn as Disney's ever gotten to. It
0: really is. It doesn't... I don't know where this comes from.
1: That's how they wanted to have a few flashy bursts in and then realised, oh hang on a minute, we're Disney.
0: They've obviously had this stock bit of footage for about five years yeah. that they've just been like, How the hell are we gonna shoehorn this into a film? And it's like, Well, this is the last chance we've got like
1: yeah. it was this like before you were saving in the archives until Walt Disney had died.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's from Walt's <laughs> private collection.
2: <Yeah. laughs>
1: <laughs> no, just say so, because it's like this famous example where someone once spliced in a single frame of nudity into one of the films. Yeah. And, and he spotted it and fired him right in the spot. So I think this is like them getting out of their frustration. It's like,
0: akin to that bit in um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory where the chicken's head gets chopped off in yeah. that sequence of flashing images. Yeah. And it's it's quite a long sequence as well. It lasts a good few seconds. And it's it's so bizarre. It's It's a shot of this kind of... Chitty Chitty Bang Bang style car But instead of seats It's a working bathtub And this woman in her bikini Gets into it
1: Yeah,
0: I just It's not relevant It's not relevant Chris
1: It's something for the adults In the cinema audience Of young teens
0: I wonder if that was supposed to be like The thoughts of an average Teenage boy Is that what that is
1: I don't know. Is this what because it's so closely associated with like all the gambling stuff?
0: Yeah, because we've seen the shot of the can-can dancers and the sort of the it's almost like that Las Vegas glamour. It's too close to that for it to register as something completely different. Yeah, like yeah, it's just very odd. It is. Oh, but so honestly, this sequence that lasts less than a minute is probably my favourite part of the
1: film. Yeah, I said I really liked it because. It goes in a different direction. It's very so fun about it. So you think, okay, where can we go from here now? Instead and of just doing the really obvious thing.
0: Yeah, where do you go from here at this point?
1: <laughs> that's a question that we'll find out. Yeah. Maybe sometimes going in the obvious directions for the best. So.
0: so we then, from here, we cut to Dexter being shown on TV, being essentially answering questions from a panel of geniuses.
1: 1969 was a very different time because if these days, if someone said, yeah, here's this guy, he's basically a computer, he's an absolute genius, he can answer all these math questions, again, would anyone really give a shit?
0: Yeah, and it's one thing, again, that's set up for the rest of the film, is that nobody seems concerned for this kid's health or well-being at all. No. So, it's, everybody understands that this kid has a computer brain, and nobody is bothered to help him or they just see him as a bit of a freak that can be
1: yeah that's because he can answer 2 plus 2 if uh, 2 is Y and X is a end, you know <laughs> uh, uh,
0: yeah that, that is exactly the whole of this film yeah
1: <laughs> he can do that so fuck it but it's But there's a weird thing where it goes on tour I and mean, they try and liken it to the Beatles in America
0: yes it's very reminiscent of the Beatles which obviously was still the same decade so yeah, of course. very close to that
1: I hope it was a knowing a parody of that. Instead of just,
0: <laughs> it's hard to tell with this film. It, it really is.
1: is. <laughs> but yeah, um... oh, it should mention a bit here where um, Annie, remember Annie? Yes. So this <laughs> is the girl of the film. Here
0: we go. This is Annie's biggest plot of the whole film. Yeah. Is she's watching um, Dexter on tour? He he steps off a plane. Is immediately flanked with bikini-clad supermodels. Who he gets off with straight away, instantly. <laughs>
1: and by get off, I mean a kiss on the cheek. I don't, no, no. It, we, it, go- it was a snog, wasn't
0: it? No, it was a full on snog. He goes for the yeah. tongue and like does the whole bending over. and.
1: Well, I, okay, I can see why she'd get a bit mad, but you know. But again,
0: at this point, we've not established that she's even going out with him. Yeah. So we don't. That was the thing. I didn't know if she was upset because she likes him and has not had a chance to tell him yet, Yeah. or if she was upset because he's an adulterer.
1: It'd, be, it'd basically be like me getting mad at one of my friends who's a girl because uh, they kiss a, a boy, and I've not like said anything, and I'm not even that very interested to begin with anyway. So, like, <laughs> oh. no.
0: Yeah, it's just
1: oh. theoretically you could be mine.
0: Stop it. They were really struggling with uh, what to do with Annie at this point, I think. So
1: they struggled with a few of the side characters. Yeah, there during are during this.
0: There are so many as well.
1: Yeah. One that hopefully we'll talk about later on is Skylar. They really struggle with him. Because, like, at the beginning of the film, it's too established for later on, like, he doesn't make the probation list, or the only reason why he does is because someone says his name. So, we think he's, like, maybe a cut above everyone else because his name wasn't initially mentioned.
0: Skylar's the spotty one, isn't he?
1: The spotty ginger one, yes. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so we'll establish that now because he plays a part later on.
0: Yeah, the only thing to really know about Skylar is he's spotty and ginger.
1: Yeah,
0: and an idiot. <laughs> and an idiot, yes. Or is he? Oh! No, I mean... No. Uh, well... Well, we'll find out, will we? some scene to scene. <laughs> anyway. So, so, yeah, then we have Dean, the Dean, and Professor Quigley... Dean 1. Dean 1, <laughs> watching Dexter on... A ticker tape parade through a city.
1: Is that ticker tape parade for him, or is it just incidental to a moon landing?
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Nothing is established in this film.
1: Again, 1969. Can you really imagine tens of thousands of people in New York lining up for this bloke who's a computer?
0: Well, you know, they didn't have Twitter. <laughs> Pong hadn't been invented. We had to st- they all they had was normal tennis, Chris. Yes. And the computers were wearing all the shoes, so they yeah. couldn't play.
1: Okay, oh, can't even see the shoes.
0: <laughs> so so the head of Universal Encyclopedia shows up um, at the school to tell them that they are sponsoring the College Knowledge Show. And the prize pot for this is $100,000. And my first thought in this scene was, have you not heard of a telephone? Yeah. Because if he's visiting every single school in the country, to let them know about this, then they, he could probably just tell them on the phone.
1: Mm. Oh, and also, um, Dexter hasn't signed up for the spring semester yet.
0: Yes, that's true. So, yeah, so
1: if that'll film, we've got 25 minutes of a film.
0: Yes, so potentially he could be poached by another school. Yes. Then from there, we go to another news where it shows Dexter's news segment, which shows Dexter speaking to the United Nations, speaking to every member in their own language. Um which is watched by the Dean of State College. Good name. <laughs> State College. <laughs> That's like your Tesco value name yeah. of a of a school, isn't Those it? As are
1: just like called a university of learning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, so we finally got to our Dean 2, uh who desperately wants Dexter enrolled for college um to get the college knowledge win basically. Yeah. Um and then straight from this we go to yet another Dexter on TV segment to witness the cutting of a giant diamond. And this scene is being watched by Quigley and Dean One That's when it's explained that Dexter's not registered. And um, we get this sort of, again, semi-comedy, I'll call it, which is that there is the diamond... Cutting individual, this expert gets it wrong basically because yeah. De- Dexter tells him what angle he should be going at, and this guy is too arrogant, sticks to his own angle, and this supposedly giant precious diamond smashes into rubble.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, at this point,
1: I only visits NASA as well. Yeah, he, yeah. He, yeah, yeah. Dex
0: really. that was my next one. He then goes to the Kennedy Space Center, but the the fact that these are sections are so quick in there. It, the way it's edited doesn't feel quite right and I think they were supposed to be I th- think they were filmed as if they were gonna be dispersed between like throughout the film. Yeah, okay, yeah. and then I mean, I- like
1: progressing further upwards. So yeah. He like starts at one thing and he gets ends up at NASA and he ends up having a TikTok parade.
0: Yeah, and it feels like at the last minute they decided to just put them all into one section because they don't really progress. What what happens to the people watching is more important than what he's doing. And it just, again, this film seems to have a really odd pacing to it, Mm. which is mainly because what should be a film that's got quite an easy setup, which is Kid Becomes Genius, the plot becomes very convoluted very quickly. Yeah there's too many different plots going on. And mm. There's too many different people that are after Dexter. Yeah. Because we've already got Mr Arno who's going to come back into it in a minute. We've got this evil Dean who's not an evil Dean. He just, again, he's sort of made out to be a bad guy, but he just, as a rational leader of a university wants yeah. the best students. Yeah, So
1: you got Dickhead Dean. I mean, you've got Desperate Dean. <laughs> Which is which? A whole load of double Ds. (laughs) Yeah, uh, we're back with uh, Mr Arno, who basically uh, picks up Dexter to go bet on a bunch of horses.
0: Yeah, so at this point, Mr Arno has obviously worked out that Dexter's brain has his computer in it. Yeah. Which is like,
1: why did he give the computer away? Is yeah, this what I'm trying to establish. He wouldn't
0: have to do this if he hadn't. You would still have that computer.
1: Yeah, Dexter makes all these bets successfully. Yeah, including like a very outside chance market doodle. I think we recorded something like that.
0: Some some horse that yeah he shouldn't have bet on because it was a low odds, but he still wins. Yeah, and and again, this was the point where in my head I was most thinking, this is not illegal. No, this is all fine.
1: It's not legal and why couldn't the computer do done this in the first place?
0: Yeah. Um, I did make a note as well um, of so for the next bit, sorry. So then Dexter arrives back in his hometown after this scene um, in a blue and white pinstripe suit, yellow shirt and cravat, which was beautiful. The only standout sort of costuming decision of the whole film, I thought. Because, again, we haven't really talked about what this film looks like, but it's very beautiful. Beige. Yes. It, everything's very brown, very collegiate.
1: If everyone was dressed in a cardboard box, we wouldn't notice.
0: No. You, yeah, you wouldn't spot the hobo in the whole crowd. No. No, definitely not. That's why it actually even came up as a note was the fact that suddenly Dexter was looking pretty spiffy. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it just really like juxtaposed as well at this point. Kurt Russell's acting decisions or lack of. Mm. Because he's been through a lot, he's become famous, he's got this computer brain, but at all times he just looks bored to tears.
1: Yes, I, I did notice that. It's sort of got this blank expression and blank delivery of voice. Like no he, matter what he's doing, even when it's like being uh, tarted up on a horse face is just like, mm, okay. Yeah, at this, po- this now.
0: at this point, after having this glamorous lifestyle, he's got the glamorous look outfit to look the part but he's not acting the part at all. No, it
1: doesn't feel like it.
0: So, I was just getting so frustrated and as, as well, like, I think because we know, obviously now, Kurt Russell's you know, earned his acting chops let's say. Yes, yeah. Like definitely. To see him at this point is just a bit like, how did you get the opportunity to be good? Why weren't people looking at this and thinking, do you know what? I'm going to give Kurt Russell two more films in this series.
1: I genuinely think it's because of his
0: looks. I mean, he's a, he is a very pretty boy.
1: Yeah, I think this is how a lot of them get their acting shots because they look yeah. so, they're so good looking yeah. that they give him the time to develop.
0: He, uh, he gave a little wink to... Mr. Disney, and uh, Mr. Disney liked it a bit too much, and then we ended up with a trilogy. What
1: are you trying to say about Mr. Disney?
0: Well, you know, they've said everything else about Mr. Disney, why can't you be be a little bit gay as well? (laughs)
1: So, moving along a bit, so we get a bit more headhunting, blah blah blah, it's all a bit tedious, it's just like the politics of college.
0: Oh wait, 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 I had my very first sort of character note about... Kurt Russell in this scene, which is that he brushes off his mates and Annie or, or as I'd written, blonde girl (laughs) (laughs) to meet Mr Arno, which has got everybody a bit pissed off.
1: Yes, but don't worry because that will be resolved in like five minutes. Yeah. Because they, after some headhunting um, Arno's mandatory sort of Italian sidekick takes him to like a party...
0: Oh, I'd, I'd written his name down because I, he comes up quite a bit, but
1: I got like fake Joe Pesky,
0: Mister Walski.
1: Yeah, Mister Walski takes him to a party, and I think I sort of missed something because.
0: And again, this they go to this party where there's some illegalish gambling going on.
1: Is it? I mean, is this the thing? Is was gambling illegal? In, I, I take it this to California. Was that sort of gambling illegal back then? Unless it was in horse racing yeah I
0: suppose that could be what I've what we've missed isn't it like all the gambling but, changes for each state doesn't it
1: yeah it does but again like what computers doing before for horses wasn't illegal because of doing what uh, what you know they're just uh, coming out with like, the results of how it goes so I guess maybe the roulette wheels and all that shit yeah. was illegal but
0: but yeah, so he goes to this fancy party and again, so obviously the tactic is Mr. Wolski is going to use his brain to cheat at the games. But again, it's not really cheating because he'll just be counting cards essentially, which is fine. Yep. Um, Both of the Deans, Dean 1 and Dean 2, yep. crash this party so that they can uh, basically talk to Dexter and try and win him over and then the cops turn up.
1: Yeah, we've got a good old-fashioned raid. And everyone is arrested for no reasons given. But uh, considering going to the jail cell next, there's only four of them in there. When it was like
0: 50 people at that <laughs> Yeah, 100 people get arrested and only four make it back to the prison cell. Yeah. Um yeah, so... what to the bodies? That's all I want to know. <laughs> and then basically, yeah, you've got the, the two deans are fighting over Dexter. But Dexter gets really philosophical talking to Mr. Walski. Uh, and he says that everyone's out for themselves. And again, like hes it's obviously supposed to be quite deep, but Kurt Russell just says it in his very monotone. Everyone's
1: out for themselves. No. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is the point where that line, he says it very mopey. The problem is he's been mopey for the whole fucking film. He has been. <laughs> so I'm, it doesn't really uh, come across as him like, being that deep.
1: The other thing as well, at this point of a film, and it's going to be compounded, just in a minute kind of like a weird really weird thing and I've hardly seen films but this feels like the end of a film is that it's learned this lesson yeah like the whole co- this whole round of computer things has been resolved but
0: it doesn't really have a three act structure this film does it because no. because there's so many plot points it doesn't succinctly fit into a, a sort of style there's
1: a quite clear part one and part two and this is the end of part one yeah so for some reason he gets bailed because all of his fellow students have forgiven him for some reason. Don't know why.
0: Yeah, they all they all come with their pocket money basically yeah. and bail him out.
1: And it's because of this, like, because of his friends, he like goes to his existing dean, Dean One. Yeah, I'll sign up with your college. We'll sort out the papers tomorrow.
0: Yeah, And that's it. So then, and- yeah, there's this again. Every problem that occurs is solved so quickly after yeah. because. Although we've said that a lot of plot has happened, it's happened so quickly because every scene is so slimmed down and just the basics of what needs to happen happens. Nothing extra, apart from when we had the test, when we had that extra time, which was literally the only time that they had some sort of time to slow down and have some comedic moments. They just don't bother putting anything funny in this film. I
1: know, just whizzing through. And, yeah, the f- weird thing that I've never hardly seen in any films is we actually fade out and then fade back in again. <laughs> it, it, like it's a TV show, which yeah. I've never seen in a film before. Yeah,
0: I hadn't thought of that.
1: So this is why, because I originally thought this was made for TV, but apparently people paid money to go see this at the cinema.
0: I would have been so angry if I had paid to see this film.
1: Unless the only thing I can think is they stuck in intermission there.
0: Well, oh. But would have had yes. an
1: intermission for a 90
0: minute film? Um probably back yeah. in the day, I don't know. No, cuz I think actually a lot of Disney stuff used to be like a double feature. Yeah. So they would play like a cartoon short to begin with mm. and then the film because obviously yeah, an hour and a half isn't that long. So they so they might have had a an intermission as well on top of that. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. But that would be the place to put it. I must ask, Chris, how did you view this film? Did you use Because I watched it on Amazon Prime.
1: Uh, yes, I did as well.
0: Yeah. So you see, saw the exact version I did. So yeah, it could have been an intermission. Yeah. So yeah, then the next scene, we get Dexter digesting encyclopedias, essentially.
1: Uh, metaphorically digesting them. He hasn't just like, opened his big computer mouth and gone,
0: Oh! <laughs> <But> <laughs> I- this is the thing. Every comical thing that I think about this film is better than what was in the film. <laughs> like, I would have loved to have seen that. But yeah.
1: He just skim reads through all the books and gets some sort of knowledge while all of his friends stand over him.
0: Yeah. And um, then Quigley announces that they need three more people for the quiz panel. Um, his suggestions, um, Skyler, Henry... And Miles. And Miles. Yeah. And I'd written next to that, no idea who these could be. Because we've not, Met them yet? <laughs> well,
1: I know who Skylar is in retrospect. but the other two? Not yeah. a clue.
0: Literally. So yeah, one of them was the token black kid. Yeah. Who doesn't like at this point has not spoken. I don't. Oh, there was one He's line.
1: Had one line of dialogue during that student thing uh, gathering at the beginning. Yeah. But I, does he even have another line in this
0: film? But the thing is, like we say that, but half of the cast haven't had anything to say because there's so many kids yeah. at this point. So it's not even like tokenism. It's just they just don't know what to do with these, this ridiculous amount of children that are falling out of every scene.
1: Do you think like Walt Disney went to an orphanage? (laughs) Yeah, I love all of them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they had quite a lot of strikes at Disneyland in the (laughs) sixties. Do you think these were all the scabs that just couldn't go to work? So he just (laughs) rolled them into the uh, into the film studio. (laughs) Oh,
1: by a truckload
0: whilst we're on that point as well. The school, the the set of the school, was actually the Disney Studios in California.
1: Okay, so sort of look like it. In all fairness, yeah, because yeah. it
0: you can tell it's not really filmed in a school because every scene is not in a school. No, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, s-
1: like the uh, the classrooms, like the weird basement. Oh, I would say weird basement. It looks like it's in a studio. Yeah, everything is basement, just.
0: Everything is just a plain room, isn't it? There's nothing that really stands out that visually looks like a a school. Mm. But um, I did spot something brilliant in this scene, which was Quigley, when he says these three kids that he wants for the quiz panel, he takes a list out of his pocket to read, but he takes the list out of his pocket too early, puts it back in his pocket... Oh, does he? (laughs) And (laughs) then... And then, like, makes a oh sound as he takes it out the second time as if he didn't know, he'd forgotten that the, the list was there even though he'd already taken it out and put it back. So if you if you ever watch this film again, that's something to look out for. That
1: well, will do,
2: yeah. Oh, so, God.
1: So, uh, Redfield School, I mean, well, it's it's university challenge to explain this. Yeah, it's, knowledge college nonsense it is exactly it, university challenge, the exact same format. I think even the points format is the same, yeah. And in the first round, uh, Dexter tries to be rather democratic by giving his friends like some of the answers, but they have no idea. Like, he tries to give uh, Skylar uh, one of the answers, and he's like, what the "Fuck, are you talking about? So,
0: and then this is the point where the tokenism of the black kid suddenly does get interesting because. In these sequences, he's not talking. Like, he's on a quiz panel, and at no point does he ever say a word. No. Even when Dexter is giving out answers to the rest of the group, he ignores the kid on the end. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and again, this was a point when I... And I've written the note. Who the fuck is the intended audience for this film? Because if you're a child, this is just going to go way over your head. Yeah. It's too dull. There's no jokes, because again, they're they're ripping through the plot so quickly that it's all it's a hundred percent exposition. This film, I just don't like it.
1: I say, maybe they're going for the sort of young youth market, but
0: that's it. But it feels, yeah, because you're right, people.
2: Sure. If you're
0: making a film set in a college, your audience is. College age people and above, but at the same time, it's being produced by Disney, so they're keeping it very. I
1: mean, this is just like the same year Easy Rider came out. Surely, I know. The, surely, college kids are watching things far edgier than the Th- computer or television. That's
0: it. I did. Yeah, I researched to see what this film's contemporaries were, and one of them, yeah, as you're right, Easy Rider, and they're completely different. How they show these kids that are just. Like we're told we're told at the beginning that these kids are supposed to be these edgy slacker losers mm. but they're nothing like no, Easy Rider. They're like, just complete nerds. <laughs> I'm really hoping that like for the next film Kurt Russell like rocks up on a moped <laughs> like <laughs> with a pack of cigarettes rolled into his sleeve and like <laughs> and, just, and just kicks Annie in the teeth. <laughs> Oh god.
1: Yeah. So moving on, they get all the way to semifinals pretty quickly, that's to be said. Yep. And then in what can now be described as convenient <laughs> one of the answers in the semi-finals is Applejack.
0: Uh oh. Oh no. We told you that would be coming back.
1: Yeah. Not the uh not that word and uh Yeah, so yeah, basically
0: so... Dexter's brain malfunctions at this point. Yeah. Um, and he starts shouting out all of Arno's betting figures um, just randomly.
1: Yeah, and, like lo- and a location of one of his illegal crime houses as well.
0: Essentially live on television. Yeah. Um, but again, going back to this thought of nobody really giving a shit about his well-being or safety. Like, <laughs> you might have
1: serious brain damage. You might be having yeah, an
0: Nobody does anything about it. Yeah. So... And then we see a shot of Arno, who's watching it on TV, I think. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't there. I, I haven't written that down, but yeah. So he he tells his crew that they're going to have to shut down Project Applejack and says that they're going to have to put Dexter on ice. So Mr. Walski jumps in his car to go and yeah. sort that out.
1: And he madly threatens him and gets in his car and we drive off. But... Dexter probably could have just drove away in time. There really, was no yeah. threat to this whatsoever.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, He doesn't hold him at gunpoint. He doesn't really say we're going to kill you or anything like that. He just jumps in his car and basically says, can you drive us to this place? And he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So then we're back at the college. The police are looking for Dexter because he disappeared. Um, and then the note that I've made, but I can't actually remember, mm. seeing because it's about a week ago since I've seen it, but I put that blonde girl finally makes reference to the fact that Dexter's brain is clearly fucked up I can't it's, remember what she says
1: no I can't, it's a very quick reference because then they're quickly on to oh we found this tape uh, from in the computer with the same light like, source of coding Yes. That, um, that Dexter was saying and we're going to give this tape to Skylar who's a fucking idiot and we're going to have him go to the police Instead of 20 of us, like who went to the other guy.
0: So yeah, again, it's literally, oh dear, the problem we've got is we can't find Dexter. Instantly, we have the solution to the problem. Yeah. And this is the film altogether. They could have cut out half of the elements of peril yeah. and just concentrated more on them oh. than just having constant changes all the time. Well, how about this
1: then? Can you remember what Mr. Arno's first name is?
0: <laughs> no, can you? AJ. AJ Arno.
1: Yeah. Oh.
0: AJ. Applejack. <gasps> oh, shit.
1: <laughs> but they do literally jump to that conclusion as well. I'd forgotten that. Yeah, but they, they literally go, <laughs> Applejack. AJ.
0: Oh, yes. He's now every man in the world called AJ. And again, I I'd, I'd put a little note here, sweet Jefferson airplane poster.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fair
0: enough, yeah. That was. Uh, the, which. Essentially, is the only sort of counterculture reference we've had in this whole film yeah. uh, to suggest that these kids are a bit edgy. Is that in this one shot, there's a Jefferson Airplane poster mm. in their dorm room. End of list.
1: Yeah, that's it. Not even like a tin of suit soup to be seen. <laughs> so uh, we go to uh, where Dex has been held hostage.
0: Well, no. Before, so we've sort of mentioned that um, Skyler goes to the police station. And tells the police where Dexter is being held, etc. And from the police's reaction, oh, yes, yeah. I realise I couldn't tell if the police believed him or not.
1: I had this weird problem with a with a film. Which one was it now? For Cinematry. which might not have even be released by the time we get this out because I'm like, <laughs> we're like seven episodes ahead. <laughs> Which one was it? It was um, House of Wax, the 1953, spoiler for a future episode, uh, where they go to police fair and they basically go, oh yeah, you're a fucking idiot, get out. And then (laughs) as soon as they leave, they're like, you know what, they may be onto something here. And it's the exact same thing here.
0: Yeah, we just...
1: They they don't want to let on that this dumbass kid from a really shitty college has helped really... Open the case for
0: them. yeah. So I don't. At that point, I wasn't sure if we were going to find see the police turn up later on and help, or if they were just going to be like, "Nah, these stupid kids and never show up." So, Um
1: the impression I got, in all fairness, was they were going to look into it more, but they just didn't want to admit that this kid had crap the case. a the wide open case wide open.
0: But yeah, again, for a family-friendly film. I feel like that should have been clearer. Yeah, like you know, for the, all of the si- clear signposting in the rest of the film, I needed a, I needed one of the policemen to go like either, well, we better get over there, or you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think they just needed to not involve the police, but then just get them involved quickly at the end. Yeah, you know, like the old like Scooby Doo, explain everything at the end, wheel them off, I'd have got away with it. To whoever you pesky kids, yeah, they so,
0: could have just showed up at the end. We didn't even need to see them being told,
1: no, no, they were involved too early, I think. yeah. Um, but I think it was to get over how Skylar's a fucking idiot, even though we established early on he didn't even make the probation list until someone mentioned <laughs> his name, <laughs> so like weird characterization there. So now we go to where Dex has been held hostage
0: at the Arno building,
1: and it's truly a horrific scene, something straight out of the hostel <laughs> as he's sat there. Eating
0: chicken. <laughs> it's oh, and and again. Uh, it looks Kurt, like he's really enjoying himself as well. Kurt Russell being held hostage looks exactly the same as Kurt Russell getting off a jet plane snogging some bird, and the same as Kurt Russell getting fucking electrocuted. Yeah, it's.
1: In fact, it, it looks like happiest has been here. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm eating chicken legs. This is great. Yeah.
0: Do you think it was an intentional choice for him to act like a fucking c- computer, like a an emotionless vacuum, like a robot? Because if it was, <laughs> I, I, I think that w- they've they've definitely done well, but it, it doesn't that that the
1: subtlety of that flies in the face of everything else in the film though. That's it, yeah. yeah. It
0: should have been either more comically like computerified, yeah, or that... he's just a shit actor at this point. His
1: voice all the way through should have had that computer tinge to it instead of yeah. when it's just malfunctioning. Yeah, because he should have started speaking more like a computer.
0: But yeah. So yeah, the kids are scoping out the uh scoping out the joint as I'd put. Yeah. Despite literally just informing the police where and when he was, so why they then decided to go and do it themselves I don't know. Yeah. But they follow this random crony to a large house. Mm. Um and they see Dexter being held against his will helping another crony phone in bets from the horse racing. Again, not illegal. Yeah. At this point, the only thing that they've done illegally is hold, hold him against his will, but have they even done that? Because they didn't really threaten him. Not really. And he's sat there eating chicken, so he doesn't look that bothered.
1: The first thing they do that's somewhat legal is planning his murder.
0: Yeah, so Dexter... <laughs>
1: so, uh, one, one to a hundred right away.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Dexter, like, for no apparent reason, goes to listen into to this conversation happening in the... Corridor, yeah. and it's Walski saying that how they're going to murder him. And it, and I said, what's this note here? Hey, that I've, I've, I've
1: got a question while you're trying to read your note. Know. If he's the world's smartest man, wouldn't he have figured out how to escape quick, pretty quickly?
0: You'd think so, wouldn't
1: you? Using all sorts of probability and how like the structure of different doors work, and if he's got enough power in his body to break through a lock and all. He would have figured it out and he would have escaped, so I don't understand why he's still... He's there.
0: he's book smart, but he's not world smart, Chris. Okay. That's what it is. Oh, right. He can do a good math for you. All oh, right. But yeah, the note that I'd put was just a decent film would show visually that Dexter was held against his will, rather than him just chilling, reading the newspaper, eating a chicken drumstick. Yeah. So we've already said that. But, but you have know. at least
1: establish that like, it was like day-old chicken.
0: Yeah, just gone cold. Or a at least bank-y. have a, you know at least one hand tied behind his back or something. <laughs> we didn't maybe his shoe tennis shoes were tied together oh that's what it was <laughs> <laughs> just out of shot yeah but yeah so we go back to the college uh, the kids are discussing how to save dexter oh and then yeah the 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 black guy finally has some lines um in, he's basically saying you know we should we should go for it we should yeah. take that risk he he says the classic line what's a couple bullets in the old gut anyway Which I had to write down because, wow.
1: Yeah.
0: Again, weird choice of words for a Disney film. Yeah, it is. And at this point, we've not seen any guns.
1: No, not yet. (laughs) Spoiler, one does show up later on. but but... I feel like
0: that was a line from a different, better movie.
1: Yeah, and they thought, well, we can't really use it. It's not really working. But if we put it in this film instead, that would be fantastic.
0: Yeah. And then Pete, who we've not talked about at all at this point. Who's Pete? He was the blonde-haired pretty boy. Was there one? Yeah. He was the guy... <laughs> Pete is the guy. He's the lead character once Kurt Russell is not in it. <laughs> basically, once...
1: So, so like, with the, the computer world. tell his shoes for... Yeah. For when, ...when all the stars have left.
0: Yeah, he'll be the one that's still in it. Yeah. So, yeah, Pete, the blonde-haired boy, tells the quiz panel that they still have to go and participate in the quiz um, rather than helping Dexter... And I just thought, why? The stakes aren't that high. And
1: about to say, if we okay, let's say back at Franklin College, <laughs> Franklin College if, in Grimsby, if, uh, Alabama, aunt,
0: Alabama. Al- Alabama,
1: yeah. <laughs> and, and like one of our, we were on a panel. Like one of our friends got kidnapped. Would you like think, okay, I've got to go win this hundred grand for my college that I'm leaving next month?
0: <laughs> no, that's oh. the point. That's what. So I I wrote underneath, there better be a comical payoff for them going to this, yeah. still doing the quiz.
1: And if someone was kidnapped, and, you know, this guy's a big celebrity now, it's national, international news, won't the quiz be postponed for now?
0: Yeah, the quiz. Want to get the ratings of this guy, so they would probably wait until they could see him.
2: Yeah,
0: and at this point as well, um, Annie and Pete have a little bit of a conversation at this point, and it was at this point that I realized that actually Annie and Pete have a better relationship than Annie and Kurt Russell. So,
1: what you're saying, like behind his back, do you think, oh, you know, and all that lot?
0: Well, yeah, I, th- I honestly thought that by the end of this film, Annie would end up with Pete, yeah, because Pete is the one that consoles her. When he's when Kurt Russell is snogging all the birds on his plane as, yeah. as well, so they throughout the film it's not really mentioned in the plot, but they have all of these little incidental scenes together, which is a far stronger relationship than her with Dexter.
1: Do you think Pete's problem, as we've proven, is that he's a bit forgettable. So, and it's like, <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, you, um, oh. What's your name? Oh, yeah. Uh, she does visibly. Long kid. Yeah.
0: She does visibly jump every time he says a line, <laughs> as if he's just appeared out of nowhere.
1: He's <laughs> like camouflaging into the beige behind him.
0: Yeah. So yeah, Pete. Pete's not the greatest character, but he's. And then that's the thing. From this point on, Pete becomes the main character of the film. Yeah. Because he he orchestrates everything, and um, so his big plan turns out to go to be. To go to the henchman's house where they're holding him hostage, and paint it.
1: This is so wacky Disney.
0: Yeah, suddenly it remembers that it's a Disney film, and it yeah. just like goes up to eleven. And uh, so we get all these brilliant shots of um, the kids sort of comically painting the house. Um, lime, and then
1: lime green and orange.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the um, the house has
1: been tangoed.
0: The henchmen obviously call their number that they've given them on their on their invoices to check that it is definitely a real legit place yeah. and whoever is still at the dormitory's answers properly Like, yeah,
1: yeah this is uh, the thing i bring bring up so you've got Skyler who establishes a fucking idiot who you know bungles his lines he doesn't know what he's saying half the time but yet here perfect <laughs> yeah that's yeah. true he, he, he convinces a supposed mobster you know that they are a legit like painting company and everything, it, and it it does it perfectly. So this Skylar, you know, his character's all over the place, and that actually really bugged me.
0: Yeah, it's very yeah. hit and miss with Skyler. They can't de- they can't decide what anyone's characteristics are. No, definitely not because either their characteristics change wildly, like Skyler. Or they just don't have any characteristics like no. Pete.
1: <laughs> it's very much, what do we need for this scene? Yeah. We've got 20 kids. Um, you, number 18, save this line. That's, <laughs> that's what it feels like.
0: There's this great bit that, again, I think is supposed to be comic, where Pete gets mad at Bradley.
1: Who's Bradley?
0: I only know because he says Bradley to him. that That's what this kid's name is. But he gets mad at Bradley for painting the wall and the... Woodwork the wrong colour, and at this point, Pete has forgotten the purpose of this entire film. <laughs> <laughs> like you're not there to paint the building.
1: <laughs> Maybe Pete's plan all along was to kickstart his career as a painter decorator.
0: Yeah, so Pete, I think Pete's a bit intense. I think yes. Maybe that's why Annie's not with him. Yeah, he gets a, he gets too carried away. He's a perfectionist. <laughs> so then we go, we cut back to the quiz. And uh, Dean Two says to Dean One that the early bird catches the worm, and Dean One's best comeback ever is "Don't worm me, you worm."
1: Burn.
0: <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, there is your joke. Yeah. There is your what was it? Uh, pro- programmed for laughs. Yeah. That was that was the laugh program setting. That was definitely written by a computer. <laughs> Don't worm me, you worm. <laughs> I- I put 4,000 uh, Disney film scripts into a computer algorithm <laughs> and this is what it came up with.
2: <laughs>
0: and it was literally just those two lines. <laughs> so from there we go back to the house again um, and we see the kids sneakily pouring some paint into the crony's car petrol tank. Um, I did notice a goof that happens, which is... And again, I seem to be goof-spotting a lot today. The bad guys turn up, so they quickly move out of the way and they flick the petrol cap back up as they run away. But in the shot, the petrol cap then falls straight back down again. Nice. But the Foley artist puts a sound effect in of it falling down again. So I'm I'm happy with the Foley artist. There
1: good, very but, good. but again,
0: that and the... Uh, very loud sandwich are the only standout sort of audio things that are happening in this film. And then the goons are sneaking Dexter out of the house in a trunk, mm, in course. a big trunk, which is intercepted by the kids, and the trunk falls out the window.
1: But bear in mind, we don't see Dexter being stuffed into the trunk, so it's just. No, again, it, yeah. It the... suggests to me that we just went to Dexter, get him a trunk, and he's like.
0: Yeah, and also because we don't see it happen, we don't know if it's a subterfuge at that point with the bad guys. Because we don't see it happen, I was expecting it to turn out to be full of rocks or something and they'd snuck him out another way.
1: I don't even think it was that. I was just expecting it to be full of some sort of cobbly item. I know. Just like a bunch of bricks for no reason. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Just like nothing planned, just like pure confusion and uh, miscommunication.
0: Yeah, but anyway, the um, the kids intercept it, the trunk falls out of a window, and it's then that we find out that Dexter is definitely in there, because we then get an interior shot of the inside with him feeling hurt. Yeah, while well, he hits his head and on, on the landing. And if any film about any kind of amnesia has taught me anything, it's that he will now be fine and yeah. not be a computer. Also,
1: the uh, draining noise or sort of like a giveaway. Yeah, it's it a bit of a... Mm. So, yeah.
0: So, yeah, the kids escape... Um, Wolski's car won't start, so he takes the kid's car, which I was like, why the fuck did they leave this crime scene with their, not in their car? Yeah. They they run off in the paint wagon that they've been using, but they all pile into this one truck.
1: So, this, um, the bad guys getting the kid's car it was like, what, eight or nine kids were whatever? I mean, yeah. How did they all into that one
0: buggy? It's just daft. With, it's, a, with a hippie flower. Right? Oh, with it's, the hippie flowers. Yeah, like... That's
1: counterculture for you, flower.
0: <laughs> and
1: um, then we've got. It's a very really long car chase scene, isn't
0: it? It is. And again, this is setting up something that we are definitely going to see more of in these Disney films, which is a very bland film that can't end. Like, it's quite. Considering the concept is this kid has a computer brain, which is a ridiculous concept. The whole film is played incredibly straight yeah. and very sort of naturalistic. But because it's a Disney film, you can't end with a knife fight. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, suddenly, so suddenly so suddenly
1: get Bruce back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh god, this film will be doing so much better with Bruce Forsyth yeah. in it. Just
1: Bruce around everyone.
0: Bruce Forsyth pretending to be one of the kids. <laughs> But yeah, like, so you've got this very sort of straight, normal, sort of quite straightforward film, which then ends with the most ridiculous comedy, car chase. The car chase, yeah. <laughs> with uh, with guns. Finally, there's some guns.
1: Like, uh, Mr. Arno uh, gets out a gun. I don't think he even fires it, does he? Or is he, just, he might have done it once.
0: He but... he has a gun with, like, four bullets in it or something daft like that. Yeah. So there is very mild peril for a four seconds. Yeah.
1: There's more power, in fact, that the kids start chucking stuff out of the, uh, the truck, including spilling paint on the road.
0: Yeah, it gets very Home Alone, doesn't it?
1: Oh, God, yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, and then in the middle of this fucking car chase, we cut back to the quiz.
1: Mm, exciting. <laughs>
0: yeah. Who, who gives a shit? <laughs> I, I
1: want you to know it. The uh, three other guys are absolutely shitting the bed. I think <laughs> yeah. it's something like 118-0 at this point.
0: Yeah, so it turns out without Dexter, they can't. They don't do a quiz. No. Um, And then we get Dexter back to the quiz eventually. Because obviously the car, the bad guy's car runs into a, isn't it a haystack?
1: Yeah. I must admit I've nodded off for a moment. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Something stops it from turning up to the the studio for like half hour.
0: Yeah, so they they are uh, withheld slightly.
1: I can imagine running into a haystack, I and mean, then one of them making a comment, I and mean, then the other, I know, like a seagull. Yo, on
0: knucklehead! Him. Yeah,
1: but then a seagull shits on him. And, wah wah and wah! Song.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So then, straight from that, we cut to this very boring quiz. Dexter is struggling to answer the questions, and by this, <laughs> by God. this, I don't mean he doesn't know the answers. I mean he's having a stroke. He's
1: got severe brain trauma going on. Yeah, he's it... literally. And saying, like,
0: this. <laughs> and that, that is thats is a very good impression. And this is the first time we've seen any kind of modulation of Kurt Russell's character yeah. and vocals. It turns out i will him a concussion and he's all right. But the thing is, he still knows the answers. He's just, obviously, something's going very, very wrong with this boy. Yeah. And everyone just sits there and watches.
1: Yeah. It's just like, oh, it's fine. It's just his process is a bit knackered, that's all.
0: Um, it was at this point that I was like I'm sure I recognise one of the kids in the other team turns out it's um, the character actor Ed Begley Jr oh is it
1: right. yeah uh, yeah. Cool. so
0: watch the back and it, as soon as you realise that's who it is it's like really obvious <laughs> but yeah Ed Begley Jr but 10 yeah. and this is who that was but um, yeah Dexter collapses and everyone just carries on with the quiz
1: no medical assistance for anything just like Okay. Next question for ten.
0: Because he did know most of the answers and still eventually got them out, Medfield does win. Because,
1: oh my God! There's a question. The last question, and by this point, uh, Dexter is just completely fucked. You know, his head's gone. But in 15 weeks, as they put it, of being on this quiz, Skyler finally knows an answer. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't you know it? So this fucking idiot who. Apparently he's okay at some things. Wins for 100,000 for the school.
0: Yep. I really, 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 really did really? not want Medfield to win. No. Because I don't feel like they deserve a win. I feel like it's very, it's a very simple kind of film that would just say the main characters win. Mm. When they haven't earned it, it's all...
1: I really want to make a football analogy here and I'm not sure if they ban on this podcast.
0: Football, we'll decide on the football ban after you've said this. Okay. I can always edit it out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a bit like how Portugal won Euro 2016 because they got Ronaldo on their team and all they did was pass the ball to Ronaldo and then he scored a few times and then they won the whole tournament.
0: I can vaguely understand what you're on about yes, there. Yeah. But yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, even Dexter didn't really know the answers, and there doesn't seem to have been any kind of moral to the film for them to have won.
1: It's literally, the moral of the story is, take and enhancing drugs of some sorts and you'll prosper.
0: Yeah, and then at this point the bad guys come in, um, rather than staying in the safety of the live TV studio, all the kids immediately run out of the room. But why? Because, yeah, if they were there, they would be fine because they're on live TV. Yeah, they're
1: literally surrounded by hundreds of people.
0: Yeah. And then, rather than having a final action sequence, they, Baddie's car runs straight into a police car within seconds of leaving the building. Mm. So, it's not even like they were leading up to anything particularly grandiose. The The, the bad guys end up exactly where they were five minutes ago when they're in a haystack. Yeah,
1: they might as well have arrested him there and then or have him drive off a cliff. The it's...
0: film didn't even need that extra sort of bad it, guy element. Like, no. we could have just finished the quiz and that'd be the end of the film.
1: Yeah. Although, then, after all that, so we assume Mr Arno has been locked away for 50 years for doing non-illegal things. So, we go <laughs> back to the beginning, essentially. So Yeah, it another... goes full circle, doesn't yeah. it? Which I guess that's sort of the writer's thinking, yeah, that's a really great structure. It's a bit overdone, in all fairness. The, so they're discussing the budget game for next year, and, and Mr. Quickly wants a... I think I wrote it down. A heliospectral glider thing. Collider,
0: Collider. yeah. Collider.
1: Uh, no idea what one of those is.
0: It sounds and, like a real thing. It sounds like something I've heard of before, but the dean basically yeah. says no because the... Computer was such a bad thing to have happened this year that we're not going to invest in yeah. any new equipment.
1: Yeah, we've got a hundred grand now. Most of it's going in an interest account, and then the rest is going to restore some of the plumbing.
0: So maybe the moral of the film is computers are shit, or computers are bad.
1: I don't know. It's just such a weird ending because, like, the kids are listening again. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, oh well, that's <laughs> the end of the film."
0: Better luck next year's budget. Yeah. It's just so.
1: You could have at least ended it on like, then put up a plan. Ah, oh, but what if we did this? Get the hydrospirograph collider.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's not even setting up like this is what they do. Yeah, like,
1: it's just like, oh, well, that's that. Okay, bye. But,
0: and the kind of the cyclic part of it almost works in the film against the film because we, you're right, we're right back at the beginning of the film, yeah. like. Nothing's happened. Why have I spent an hour and a half watching this? And I don't know about you, but it felt like so much longer than an hour and a half this film.
1: Um I'd say so, yeah.
0: You you felt you said it before we started film recording um, that you quite liked it, didn't you?
1: Yeah, but now I was spoken to you. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of watchability I thought it was quite okay. But bearing in mind, you know, from my perspective, this is the first time I've reviewed a non horror film in years. Yeah. So it just makes a change of pace that when there's a bit of... Well, there wasn't really violence advance in this, but when someone got hit, not a lot of blood came out. <laughs> <laughs> so it, for me, it was a bit of a nice change of pace, but in terms of the actual film itself, it's very much, if it was a Disney Channel at the time, this would go on the Disney Channel, it would be pretty bland and inoffensive, quite pointless...
0: So it's funny that you should actually say about being a Disney Channel movie, mm. because when I was doing a bit of last-minute research this afternoon, it turns out that in 1995, they did ABC and Disney made a direct-to-TV remake of this film, also called The Computer War Tennis Shoes.
1: Were tennis shoes called cool in the 90s?
0: Right. So, so,
1: would it be The Computer War Flannel?
0: Yeah, like, you'd think they would have updated the the name. Yeah. So, having nothing better to do this afternoon, I watched this film as well. (laughs) And, oh my God, it is so much better than the film that we watched. Okay, right. It's got every bit part actor you've ever seen is in this film, including... Jeff Garlin, sorry, the comedian. Mm. Um, Homer Simpson himself, Dan oh, nice. Castellaneta, isn't yeah, that's it? Um, one, yeah. Um, Eugene from Greece, <laughs> isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> Playing the FBI equivalent of Eugene, of course. Um, Larry Miller, the ac- character actor. He, oh, what was he in? He was the he was the overprotective dad in Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh yes,
1: yeah. And he's
0: in like loads of yeah, yeah loads yeah. of Disney stuff. He's in yeah. weirdly, but he was the he was Dean One, right? but I, I don't want to bre- i don't want to talk about it too much in case we have in case this podcast ends up with so many episodes that we need to review <laughs> it, this one as well, but the title comes up the computer war tennis shoes over a shot of the main characters' converse high tops, which are famously basketball shoes. <laughs> So, shall I, shall I also that? so even in this film, we didn't see any fucking tennis shoes. For fuck's sake. Oh, but People... no, I didn't even make any notes apart from, oh yeah, there was this really cool bit if you are actually a Disney dork, which you're not. Mm. So I need you to judge this dork level, right? Okay. And I'll start this by saying that I didn't do any research on this. This is something that I just knew as it happened. Mm. Okay. But in this film, when Dexter Riley gets famous, he is given a new house to move into. Yeah. And in Disneyland in the 60s, um, there was a lot of product placement and a lot of the rides and stuff were sponsored by big corporations because Disney, Walt Disney didn't know that Disneyland was going to work. So he needed to have lots of money wherever he could get it. So he allowed a lot of product placement in the park. And one of the attractions that was added a few years after the park opened was Monsanto Industries' House of Tomorrow. No, House of the Future. Was it House of the Future or House of Tomorrow? Either, either or. That House of Tomorrow sounds correct. Yeah, if House of going, Tomorrow. you're going by like, Tomorrowland yeah. and yeah. So House of, the House of Tomorrow. And what it was, was it was a walkthrough exhibition... Where it was basically Monsanto Industries, which is a plastics company, had built an entire house out of plastic. And it was supposed to be the future of houses. And all it was, was people queued for ages to go and just look at a house made of plastic. It didn't do anything. It wasn't fancy. It was literally just a plastic shell. Just a giant software box. But the house that he moves into in this is called the Monsanto Industries House of Tomorrow. Okay. And we know this because when he's telling rather than taking his friends to the house, he hands them a pamphlet for his new house. <laughs> <laughs> just so they can get that um that line in yeah. on a bit of paper. <laughs> so, as a Disney dork, how many how many dogs out of 10 was that for you?
1: I'm just thinking I need a pamphlet for my house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what would your house be called? My house. <laughs> It's got for, a kitchen, big room. big Willy Industries house of today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the only thing I'm going to talk about off that film because the, the big Willy shack. <laughs> oh, that sounds gross. I know it does. <laughs> no, is this, that does sound illegal. <laughs> is this where you were found choked to death on someone's death nuts? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lol, in uh, jokes. Uh,
1: yeah. For anyone listening, I want to change the name of Peanuts to Death Nuts. Yeah. Because I'm allergic to Peanuts. And if I die from one, it's going to sound really weak. Oh, he died from a peanut. At least yeah. I can say... Death die Nuts! Death Nuts! <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, so there is a remake. It's better than the f- original film. Oh, and the director was... Oh, I've forgotten his name already. But the director of the last two Ant-Man films. Well, the only two Ant-Man oh, films. Oh, um, Peyton Reed. Yeah, Peyton Reed. Yeah. He was the director. Oh,
1: um, Okay,
0: And he actually has a bit part in it as well. So, yeah, way better than the original.
1: So why did we review this then?
0: Because I didn't fucking know it existed, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's what happens when you do zero research and just go on the name of what you want to watch. But yeah, so my final thoughts on this film. I've no idea why this movie got made or who the suspected audience is for this film, which we've said multiple times. It doesn't know if it's for... The teen demographic. It feels like it wants to aim for the same demographic as maybe like a high school musical. Hmm. But there's nothing in it to entertain kids of that age. It doesn't look great. It's very beige. The camera work is incredibly boring. Yeah, Everything is just shot very straight on. You can
1: tell most of the scenes were just three walls and then the camera pointed in in the fourth wall. Yeah, it's in and all
0: that it's almost like a, a soap opera. Yes, in that it's very sort of two cameras, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, sound wise, there's these as I've, we've mentioned, there's these great little bits of foley work, but almost the entire film has no music either.
1: No, it doesn't. know.
0: Apart from like the high jinks at the end, yeah. and a couple of like when we told there's an evil character (laughs) where
1: there's an evil door
0: yeah (laughs) when there's an evil painting that opens in the middle then that door handle
1: has no soul
0: but then yeah for the rest of the film and i can understand why because i would i personally would not know how to score this film Mm. because nothing's happening it's just lots of people in rooms talking to each other Mm. about things that are not very dramatic yeah so i don't
1: know i'd I'd use a tube (laughs) (laughs)
0: like our theme tune maybe it's just going to be a kazoo that would have worked
1: that'd be fantastic
0: again it's obvious that the writers didn't understand what computers could do beyond they are very clever
1: and didn't understand tennis shoes either
0: no so (laughs) there's plenty of very clever things that could have been done that were not done Mm. the central conceit of this kid has got a computer brain was not utilised in any way, apart no. from he is clever.
1: Yeah, um, I'm good at guessing.
0: Yeah, an hour and 30 minutes felt really long. None of the characters you could get invested in because you didn't know any of them, even by the end of the film. It felt like part two or even part three of a trilogy, mm. when in fact it's part one. Maybe by the end of the third film, there'll have been a character arc for at least one character that we can get on board with. Yeah, And again, we've said, nothing... It's technically not illegal what Dexter was doing, so that yeah. that was my review of this film. <laughs> and uh, have you got any final thoughts as well? I mean, I think
1: I've already given them. In all fairness, it was mildly inoffensive, had no reason to exist. All the motivations were unclear. <laughs> well, i will say all the characters were inconsistent or not acting the way they should be. It should be said, but I've seen worse films.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen worse. Um. So, gems out of ten. How many gems did we uncover in this film? For me personally, I think one gem out of ten. Oh, that's
1: bloody low, bad to begin with. Bloody hell! I can, really can you imagine what else we've got in the service to watch?
0: Do you think it's too low?
1: It's up to you, but I know you started at one. It's all honestly, up here.
0: honestly, my one gem was literally for that scene with the woman in the car bath. <laughs> All right, you're right. I can't start at one because there's going to be worse than this.
1: Yeah, one point five. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but I don't. I don't want to set like a standard at five. Maybe like four. Okay. Oh, right, well, I'm giving it four gems out of ten, but I'm being very generous. If it helps,
1: I was going to start standard at five. <sighs> five gems out of ten for me.
0: All right. Yeah. So, so we've got nine out of twenty. Yeah. That's that's doable. That's fine.
1: The film's average, so I think it's the right score for it at this stage. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, if it turns out every other film we do, is amazing. We can go back and say, yeah, one out of ten, this is a load of shite. But,
0: yeah, so it I, might get a post-mortem, yeah, this review. Yeah.
1: Personally, I don't know where we're going. So who knows what sort of depths we're going to plumb.
0: We haven't even decided. That's something we'll have to do in a minute, decide what the next film will be. Yeah.
1: Have you not picked yet? Yeah.
0: No, I was going to let you pick the next one.
1: Oh, bloody hell, I don't even know what I can pick
0: from. <laughs> Let's get it up on the phone. Let's have a look. <laughs> what am I doing? Here we go. Any film with a yellow L yep. next to it you can pick from. I okay. would probably stick with anything before the 80s to before. begin with. Sure. Just so that we're sort of keeping a... Oh, bloody
1: hell, there's a lot of Ls here. I know. Shit, I L. I, or
0: is that shitting L? <laughs> 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 but see what I mean? We're looking at the list of all the films that Disney have ever made. And when you go scrolling down the decades, literally in a, in 10 years they would have made two animated films, if yeah. that. Well, Tim,
1: uh, for my film pick, I think i are going to choose something I've actually seen. Okay. Which is Escape to Witch Mountain.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So, it's a bit more well known, yeah. but I've never seen it.
1: I remember it being decent, but I was like seven at a time, so who um, knows.
0: Isn't there like a, a recent one with The Rock in it That's as well? That's right,
1: yeah. Oh. I think that was Escape from Witch Mountain.
0: I I know that there's three Witch Mountain films altogether, and they yeah. all have such similar names that you don't they know do. which is which. Yeah,
1: the one with The Rock in was actually quite decent, or surprisingly decent, I should say. So, yeah. Well, he seems
0: well. to be good at picking decent films. Oh, he's with, no, Especially he, with Disney.
1: I don't know. He made tofu with them. Oh, Was oh that, shit. Oh. Is that You're like, eligible.
0: I don't know. Let's oh, have fuck a look. It. Was think, that actually Disney? I think
1: it is, you
0: know. Um, the Pacifier is a Disney film. Isn't, oh, my God. Isn't Vin that Diesel. with Vin Diesel? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my God. Bedtime Stories with Adam Sandler. Also a Disney film. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. You know what? I oh, can't find the tooth fairy. Oh, you're kidding. It That's doesn't a... matter. Oh, boo. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, where can people find you on the internet if they really wanted to find you? You
1: probably really don't, the way I'm going at <laughs> it. If you like the bill, <laughs> <laughs> the, the uh, old UK crime siege or soap drama thing, mixed with rescuing themes, then follow me on Twitter at Kidswol. That's S W O L.
0: And you can find me at at TimblesRH on Twitter. Our official
1: Twitter for uh, this podcast is at Without a Mouse.
0: So you can find us all there. Let us know if you've enjoyed this show and leave us a review on your platform of choice.
1: That's podcasting platform, not just like getting, getting on stage and going, I really like
0: this. Do not write our reviews on any subway station walls or
1: actually please do well actually yeah do good. it yeah.
0: whatever so I hope you've enjoyed our first episode I'll see you soon